Thank you, everyone. Good morning to you and happy Mother's Day. And my prayer for you today would be that um, you all have a, a wonderfully happy and peaceful day because I know that all mums would love a peaceful day, wouldn't you? <clears throat> so in Genesis 2 verse 18, we read, of course, that God created man. Then he created a woman, one woman especially for him. You see, God didn't want the man, who Adam, to be alone. He wanted him to have somebody to walk by his side, to help him, to comfort him, to encourage him, to do life with him. But God also wanted it to be done vice versa as well. God wanted them to have children. He wanted them to be fruitful and multiply. Now, Adam and Eve, of course, were the first marriage or the first partnership. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity a man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. So my message title for today is Two are better than one, but three is even stronger. So how about that? See, God didn't intend for us to be alone. It is good for us to have a husband and wife or a best friend. But that marriage, partnership, friendship can become even stronger. So those verses stated that a tightly knit two can withstand an attack, but a threefold cord can endure longer. Now, I can remember this childish saying when I was at school, two's company, three's crowd. Can any of you remember that? Yeah. But our greatest strength comes from that third strand. And, of course, that is with our relationship with God. When we're walking with the Lord as one, we can become better equipped to withstand repeated attacks from the enemy in our marriages and in our friendships. So we're going to have a um, look at a few verses in the Bible today because, yeah, it's all about the Word of God, not about what I um, can bring. So we wanna, we're going to have a look and see how we can bring that third chord strong in our lives. So this is what um, Jesus says to keep on the top of our list, list of priorities. In Matthew 22... 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, I know only too well that loving others can be quite hard and difficult at times, can't it? 
But we've all been created by God. We all have our unique look, appearance, our own points of view, our own way of doing things. And he's given us our own special characteristics too and plenty more things. We're not meant to be alike. God loves us being ourselves, but of course it's our differences that can cause frictions in our lives. This is why Jesus says, put God first. Loving God first is so important because it helps us to love others, but also it helps us to love ourselves as well. It is so important to stay close to God, to love him, um, because he wants us to be totally connected to him for strength and for wisdom in all areas of our lives, including our dealings with others. We should make sure that we continually stay connected to God and all of our connections with others can be as strong as they were intended to be. Now, Pastor Gary's been preaching this powerful series on the resurrection life. Now, I didn't pinch this um, scripture from him. As I said before, I've been percolating for quite a while, but I want to read John 15, 1 to 12. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in me, or you will remain in my love, just as, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other, as I have loved you. So that is really a powerful piece of scripture. That's why, it, yeah, I think God is telling us something in this season that we're in at the, in the, at the moment. He wants us to stay totally connected to him, to the vine of God. So when we are totally connected to the true vine of God, who's our heavenly father, our marriages, our friendships will be strong, fruitful, and they will flourish. Jesus says that we will be filled with joy. And that joy, of course, is from the Holy Spirit who makes us complete. 
Like I said earlier, that we've all been created by God to be special, valued and precious individuals. We're not all clones. He doesn't want us to be alike. We, we don't have to aspire to be somebody else. God wants us to be who he made us to be. But God asks us to love others as well. And that can be, you know, a fairly, fairly big ask, can't it? Because we probably see our, our um, faults and um, then see others, you know, how they're doing things. And, you know, like it can be difficult in every area when we're dealing with others. But it is so important that we stay totally connected to God, to the true vine. God wants to... Uh, wants us to look to him for strength and wisdom in every area of our lives, including our dealings with others. So this next scripture, in my Bible it said it was, it's titled Wisdom from Above. It's in James three thirteen to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life by the deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly and spiritual of the devil. But where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So there's so much we can gain when we are truly connected to God. And that, you know, is the vine which I keep saying about, but... He gives us wisdom to handle every situation and that's in, even including, you know, some different uh, difficult situations with certain people that we may find. But he will fill us. He wants to fill us with peace. I think um, sometimes in our lives we need that little bit of peace a little bit more than others. So, yeah, I know being a mum... Yeah, kids, by the end of the day, yeah, sort of like tied up in knots inside because you, all you want to do is just get tea on the table and get the kids into bed. But, you know, I know that, um, yeah, it can be all testing and it can make you sometimes get a bit frayed. So that's why we need to stay connected to God to be able to bring some of that peace back into our lives. But God doesn't want us to go alone. He wants us to rely on him in everything we do. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to strive. Just, um, yeah, reach out to him. In 2 Peter 1, 3 to 8, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, 
so that through them you may um, participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think that we all crave to be, um, or to be productive, you know, just as God wants us to be. And this is what we need to do. We don't need to do it through our own strength, but we have to rely on God. God is our strength. God will bring wisdom. God will bring knowledge. Whatever it is that we need, God has got it there all for us. We just need to tap into it. We just need to accept that he's there for us. He's given us promise after promise, and those promises don't fall to the ground. We just need to keep relying on God. Just rely on him. Because it says in there also that um, if we're doing things in our own strength, we will fail. But we need to do it in God's strength because then he will enable us to succeed. So this is where um, the Holy Spirit will come in because Jesus says, I leave you with a helper. When he went back up to heaven, he didn't leave us without anyone here to help, he gave us the Holy Spirit. In John fourteen fifteen to 17, if you love me, I will do what I command. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth. The people of this world cannot accept him because they don't see him or know him, but you know him because he lives in you and he will be in you. So when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, he fills us with the Holy Spirit, who is our helper. He doesn't leave us just hanging there and that's it. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there if we are struggling with our relationships with others or whatever it is throughout the day. God is there for us. He wants us to rely on him totally. That's why he gave us the helper. John 14, 26 to 27. But the helper will teach you everything and cause you to remember all that I have told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name. I leave you peace. It is my own peace I give you. I give you peace in such a way that the world doesn't. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. He doesn't want us to be fearful or afraid of anything. He wants us just to totally rely on him and then that peace will come through. He will give us peace in every situation that we face. And he will give us so much more. He wants to give us 
the moon, you know how people say, I love you to the moon and back. He, he, yeah, he, he loves you even more than that. In Galatians five sixteen to 26. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what will con- contradict the Spirit and the Spirit will contradict the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, wild parties and the like. I warn you, as I have before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus... (coughs) have crucified the sinful nature and its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. (coughs) So the beginning of this piece of scripture, it says that we can have battles in our minds. We can still battle in our mind. Because it says that the old sinful nature will always contradict our new beliefs, especially if we aren't relying on the Spirit of God that is within us. Our sinful nature will always try and keep us off track. So this is when um, we need to really rely on the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit. And that reflects, the fruit of the Spirit reflects the character of God. That's God's own character, all those that I have said. So if you want to be like God, which we should all desire to do, then we must rely on the Spirit of God to help us in all those attributes in every area of our life. So if you couldn't, I can't remember them, they were... Let's live a life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So I know it can be a big ask, but God is there to help us. He doesn't want us to rely alone. In John 6, 63, the spirit makes life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Every word I have spoken to you is a spirit word, so it is life-making. So every word that's in the Bible is life-making. It brings life. So we just need to hang on to his word, hang on to him, trust him, trust his word because it is life-making. God so wants to breathe life, his life through the Spirit into everything we do. God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, can only bring out those qualities of God's character 
not anything we can do by ourselves. We can't strive in our own strength. It's all um, God through the Holy Spirit. God craves us to be to have a life that is full, right to the fullest measure. He wants us to have more than enough, more than enough to give away. In Acts 2 verse 4, now this is on the um, day of Pentecost, it says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in a different language. The Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do this. Then in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, anyone who speaks in a language he does not know before doesn't speak to people, he speaks to only God. In fact, only one person, oh sorry, no one understands that. But the spirit, it means a mystery. In the next few um, verses it also says, that our heavenly language strengthens us and can strengthen others also. So the Spirit helps us to pray. Sometimes um, we don't know what it is that we need to pray, but the Spirit of God knows exactly what we need when we need it. I can remember at my last job, there was many times when um, I would have to pray in tongues under my breath because there were situations going on that were, yeah, not um, not very nice. So, yeah, quite often I would do that. So you can do that wherever you are, you know. Um, and, yeah, you could be in a situation you just don't know how to handle. But the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll bring peace. And you can just, yeah, use your heavenly language and um, he will. He, wa- he wants to help you. So in everything I have said to you today, God's heart is for you. So he doesn't want you to be pushed around or hurt by anyone. So God doesn't want us to be so humble to others that we get abused. But this is when... The Spirit will help us. He will give us wisdom and he will give us all the qualities to be able to handle situations. And we need to remember that God is our first port of call and remember that he is always there for us. So reading Psalms, they're they're always good for an encouragement. Probably a bit like this one. In Psalms 9, 9 to 11, the Lord is a place of safety safety for those who are oppressed. He's our shelter. He's our refuge. He keeps them safe in times of trouble. Lord, those who know you will trust in you. You have never deserted those who look to you. Sing praises to the Lord. He rules from his throne in Zion. Tell among the nations what he has done. So those scriptures, it says that God is there for us. He won't leave us. He will protect us. He will guide us. He will help us with whatever we need. So like um, I just mentioned uh, in that tiny bit, it says he wants us 
to sing praises of his goodness as well. He loves us to sing praises back to him. He, he just doesn't um, work in our lives and, yeah, he doesn't want... Um, he wants us to be able to tell people. People, I mean, we've sort of like got to evangelise in a way and tell people of all the good things that God is doing in our lives. So I, I know that um, he's probably doing lots of wonderful things in your lives, but I would like to tell you about one of the most fantastic things that's happened in my life that God has done in my life. <clears throat> See... I met my <laughs> I met my best friend, my lifelong partner in life, forty years ago, just January just gone. <clears throat> so we started going out and in about ten days time we celebrate our thirty seventh wedding anniversary. So yeah. Pastor Gary is my um my greatest gift that God has given to me, apart from my children, my grandchildren. and But, yeah, God has given me Gary and I've been given to Gary. So we've, we're a gift to each other because, um, like I said before, God doesn't want us to be alone. We have lifelong partners and I know that some um, aren't married but... You can have friendships that are lifelong friendships. So now in our, um, our marriage, of course, God wants us to be fruitful. And I think that we've done that. And, um, you know, Pastor Gary and I have lots of fun. We laugh at each other, laugh with each other, laugh, laugh. Um, <laughs> we laugh all the time. We do. I mean, we can make a joke of anything, but <clears throat> God is so there in our marriage and I'm so thankful that he is there in our marriage because, he, yeah, if it wasn't without that, that third chord of God in our life, I don't know. I don't know what, what would have happened, but he's always been there, so I don't know. <clears throat> so I want to give you um, one last scripture. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25. Do you not know that a race all the runners run, but only one gets a prize? Run in such a way as to get a prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. See, this race that we're on, we're not meant to run it alone. We're meant to run alongside our brothers, our sisters. And in a marriage, we run by the, um, alongside our, our husband and wife. We don't um, run ahead of them or run behind them. We run in life together. Because in a marriage, we don't compete against each other. We're there to complete. Ah, yeah. But you, you can do that in, yeah. But you're there to complete each other. Because, I mean, the two of us were all, well, we're both heading in that same direction. So, and that's where um, being parents sometimes 
children will come up to one parent and try and say something and they I mean you, you parents have got to be wise and they've got to be on the same page or else that's where um, a little bit of friction comes in and children are very good at um, pulling you apart and yeah and trying to get their own way so saying oh dad said this but really he didn't but but yeah so so that's why we, we've got to make sure that we are on the same team and remembering that we're there to complete each other and not fight against one another, but we're there to spur each other on because that's what God wants us to do. And we, really, and we need to do that with our Christian friends too. We're not there to battle against them, but we, we're trying to encourage them along that, that same finish line and, um, yeah, so we can all get to heaven and all have that party together, okay? Because that's what, that's what God wants us to do, live together in heaven. So if we can't live together here on earth, well, <laughs> what? <laughs> Only eternity. So, yeah, God wants us to involve others on our journey in life, but he wants us to involve him as well. So to get that, that third cord, that third strand in our life, we have to remember to rely totally on God, totally his word, totally the Holy Spirit. And just um, We need to, yeah, just remember he's there for us. He's not against us. He wants us to win. He'll be there cheering us on. He is. He's there cheering you on because he, he knows what happens in your future. He, he knows how, you know, like the last page of the book, he knows what, what's happening in your life. He knows exactly everything. And um, I know sometimes it gets a bit frustrating because we would all like to know what the, like if I like jigsaw puzzles and it's like I like to know what the actual picture is going to look like before I start to put the puzzle together. But... With life, we don't know what is happening. But God, he has that picture. He knows he's got that perfect picture there for us. It's all complete because that's what God does. He completes the whole picture in our lives. So I have finished and I have um, probably said quite a bit there. So... We're going to ask the, the singers and musicians up and um, we're going to open up um, the front here, open up the altar for everyone and if there's anything there that, um, that you really felt that you needed, whether you need prayer for your marriage, your friendships, you just want to have more of God, you want more of the Holy Spirit, Whatever it is, I, I just pray that you just come to the front and we'll pray for you. And, um, yeah, we'll all be really strong in our relationship with others and God. Okay, thank you, everyone.